It's the Face of Community and Business podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our community second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Face of Community and Business podcast. Today, I'm joined by our newest podcast host, Alicia Dale. Alicia, welcome back. Thank you. No, I, uh, I'm so happy that we're finally doing this. It's been a, it's been a minute, right, since mm-hmm. uh, the first time that you did it, but mm-hmm. we're finally here, and yeah, it's awesome. So kind of just picking up the conversation where we left off, originally from South Side of Chicago, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, tell me about parents and growing up and just some of those things that... Um, you know, make you you. Sure. Um, I grew up in Brighton Park, and I it was kind of a neat family community. There were a lot of people that came from families like mine, where a parent was born in another country, either one or both. Um, we mostly walked to school. Uh, and your dad was born in another country, right? He was. He was born in Lithuania. He probably immigrated here around the 50s. Okay. So... Um, we lived in a three flat, and we rented the other two uh, levels out. So you're the the fourth out of fifth uh, five children, right? Correct. Yeah. And that you were working from a young age. Yeah, I was working from a young age, and you know it seemed very normal to me because my three sisters older than me they had always worked, and so it was just a normal thing in life. And I would say that the three things that defined us as a family were work, school, and family. Yeah. And um, you know where it was a very hardworking family. My mom worked, and my dad worked, and you know when I hear people say things about you know women not working I actually never known a woman who never worked I mean (laughs) my godmother worked my aunt worked my mom worked and so my frame in life was that women you know do work and um you know, we all did it because there was economic need for sure. So yeah. there was uh, money for school, but there wasn't money for anything extra. Right. So if there was something that was extra, you know, we were expected to find a way to do it. And and we did. Yeah. yeah. But but it seems like that's really shaped, you know, a lot of who you are today yeah. and the way you view the world. And, yeah. you know, and, and now that, I mean, you're, you're a writer, you're a ghostwriter, and you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of cool things and writing for a lot of cool people. But um, it's also that kind of, as, as we were talking earlier, with your dad, just reading a lot right and and right. Learn, knowing six languages and right so th- there's this side of you that as much as hard work was a part of it it was also valued that you know education and and and, and just learning is, is really important part of who you are as well yeah that's a really good point and i think too because um he had somewhat of a you know non-traditional experience that, that framed for me that you know you can learn anything yeah and that's why i love writing i mean there's five or ten perspectives on every issue and the way to really deep dive into them is to is to read about it um that way information is not framed for you but you can figure it out yourself and 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 that part of learning anything also now translates Mm -hmm. into you kind of teaching others through your writing Mm because you know you're really connecting with people who have we're trying to express their gifts, as as you put it, um, yeah. you know, before. But that, um, yeah, just tell me about like how that kind of started, or you know, the transition or the beginning of of you becoming a writer, and okay. and and you know who you're writing for, because it's, I mean, there's some pretty big, you know, yeah. titles in there and leaders, and you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I worked in corporate America for about 18 years, and then I left in the year 2000, and I started a business, and I ran that business for 14 years. And then 2008 happened, and my world changed in a big way. 
um, kind of looked at the landscape of what was going on in the world, and my business was just sinking. Mm. And I was... What kind of business was it? It was a... I called it a sales practice, so I offered three services to help um, companies. And I, I was going after middle market companies because I really liked dealing with the presidents, and I didn't want to navigate through the whole huge Fortune 500 system um, but I did get a few large clients, and it was mainly from my previous contacts. Like, they mm. came and they found me. So I didn't have to fight the system. They kind of brought me in. Yeah. And that was really wonderful um, because, you know, the, the large corporations, I had one uh, guy who called me and said, you know, you've been dealing with us for five years, and you've never lowered your rate. And I said, well, I've been dealing with you for five years, and I've <laughs> never raised my rate. <laughs> right? So you, you, when you're dealing with those large companies, you're dealing with people that are employees and have that employee mentality, like, let me, at least that's how it was then. I'm not sure how it is now. Um, you know, but they're kind of a hero. And then I'd call my friend who was the executive and go, what? Who said that to you? Okay, I'll <laughs> fix that. I'll make that happen. And so, but it was lucky because I had that contact and that relationship. Yeah. But in 2008, the middle market companies I was dealing with were falling apart. Yeah. And I subsequently fell apart. It just kind of rolled downhill. Well, of course. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah <obviously laughs> it was a dark time. Yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a really dark time. And, um, you know, just everything that I, I kind of knew that was working was being challenged. And, um, at that point, I started looking at real estate, and I, I bought some real estate, which seems smart in retros retrospect, like, wow, you're so smart. But really what I did was I just saw the opportunities, like there was property available, yeah. interest rates were low, my work wasn't working, um, so I did that. And then the pandemic really helped me get into ghostwriting. So it was something I was exploring. I always had an aptitude for writing. And I was working on getting in. It's kind of hard to get in. It's really, really, really hard. Really? Yeah, it's very competitive. It's getting your first assignment is a killer. And I finally did. And then the pandemic hit, and it was a great time to write that book you were always going to write. Mm -hmm. So I got like a huge portfolio of work, which I probably worked too much. Yeah. But since the world was shut down, there was really nothing else to do. <laughs> exactly. So I... Um, really invested in that and spent a lot of time working there. And now, you know, once you're in, you're in. So yeah, now I'm in sure. and I have somewhat of a reputation and, you know. Um, you yeah. definitely do. And and Aww. you have a lot of passions and real yeah. estate is still one of them um, it is. That, that you really love. But that, it is. Tell me just about the type of ghostwriting that you do and specifically for who and, yeah. you know, just like yeah. how, how and that's evolved as well, right? It's evolved. I mean, Right now, anybody can publish a book with uh, the transformation of publishing. So mm -hmm. it used to be the big five publishers, and you went with your hat in your hand, and you hoped that they picked you. And now there's hybrid publishing where they kind of work with you halfway, and you share the expenses. And then there's self-publishing where you can just publish right, right, on your right. own. Um, so like a million dollar, a million books are estimated to be published every day. Wow. So one person can't write them all. So I kind of looked into my skill set and, and, you know, I'm very adept with business and there's really no topic you can't throw at me. So I kind of framed it like looking at, I write for leaders, lawyers, and change makers. And, um, for me, the definition of a change maker is different than a mover and shaker or a change agent. Like to me, that's somebody who kind of comes and crashes everything down and mm -hmm. then you have to rebuild. But a change maker is in for the long haul. And, you know, as you work with successful people, you see the overnight success is a big myth. You know, 10 years is about right. And it takes time to build something new and it takes tenacity and it takes lots of failures and rebuilding and 
I've experienced it myself, and and I enjoy hearing other stories of people who are doing good things too. Yeah, no, and and you're right though that people have this expectation like mm-hmm. things are just overnight these days, right? And they don't see mm-hmm. that that long haul. So from the, the corporate experience going into working for yourself, and then yeah. you know, now again, but in a different capacity as, right. as a ghostwriter, what's the biggest takeaway that you bring into being a ghostwriter too? Because as you're talking about, you know, leaders, change makers, and and lawyers, that that's a lot of experience too that that, that you're bringing to the table for mm-hmm. them, right? Um, through your corporate experience, through being a CEO and, and having a company. So yeah, just just how, do, how does that work into um, building relationships, but also being selective about who you work with? Hmm, that's a big question. Um, I think a couple things. One is one I one thing I really bring to the table is the perspective of a business owner, and you know they might want to get a book done really fast. Like let's do this in ninety days. Yeah, and that won't be the best book. I mean, unless they have a very clear concept of what it is that they want to write. But what usually happens is you start with one idea, and then it evolves to another idea because our ideas in our head have not been challenged yet. We need to have an audience. Mm-hmm. So when the audience asks questions or has perspectives and. Um, then you're kind of like, well, I never really thought about it that way because yeah. it's it's been your insight. So two things happen. One is you really either develop your perspective and you can um, share it, or the other thing is you change and grow and then you kind of kind of have a broader perspective. And that's what's really exciting. And because I I write for a lot of leaders, I end up reading a lot of leadership books. And my favorite is. Um, Nelson Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom. Hmm. And I love this backstory because uh, ghosts are very transparent. And uh, in our own community, we share stories. Well, apparently, he got into an argument. Nelson Mandela <laughs> got into mm-hmm. an argument with his ghostwriter because he wanted done, he wanted it done in 90 days. Oh, wow. And it's 155 chapters, and it took three years. Oh, wow. I mean, he lived quite a life. Yeah. Can't, you can't get that in 90 days. Right. So how do you, how do you manage those expectations with people? I love that question. Um, a lot of project management skills, and I'm an over communicator. So I think that's you know something that I bring to the table um, compared to other ghostwriters who might be very invested in the art of writing. But my business background is going. These people want updates. So even if there's nothing to say, I'll say you know I'm reflecting on that, or I'm researching it, or here's where we are today, or um, this perspective seems to be um, easily challenged. Should we think about it a little bit Mm. more? Should we have a few more meetings to discuss it? And I think just articulating that step-by-step process um, creates a really strong engagement. It's a very strong partnership to write a book together. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's coincidence that you you know, are looking for the uh, leaders, lawyers, and change makers, because um, you're, you're very much that yourself, right? Trying to, to have that impact in the community. Um, and you're very involved, right? Or you try, at least try to be and, and try to be abreast of what's going on. And, I try. Um, yeah. T- tell me about that, just that side of you, that that passion for wanting to help and connect and, and community and, and just that aspect of, you know, when it started and, and, and how you're using your connections and your relationships to um, really shine a light on those things. Well, I think it's... Um when you work as a child, you kind of have an adult perspective. Mm. So you know what things cost and you know what's fair. And um, so you're kind of participative in the process. So it's always been a part of me. 
um, to see something and say, maybe I want to fix it, or I want to be involved, or I want to influence it, or I want to make it better, or... Um, and now in Chicago, it's a very exciting time. I mean, <laughs> we're in a big transformation, yep. and, um, you know, I see a lot of goodness, and I took the architectural tour about a month ago. Oh, and it wow. was Yeah, it was so, it's so great. I think I'm going to do it every year just because it's so inspiring. That wasn't your first time taking it, was it? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay, okay. But you can take it all the time. No, for sure. Because it's done with docents, too. You get a, the person's perspective true, of who's true, giving true, the tour. True, right. And they just tell story after story of how Chicago crashed and then rebuilt. And, yeah. you know, 1929, 1871, the stock markets, 1969, you know, the, yeah. the Democratic National Convention. And, it's crazy times. You know, lots of, lots of crazy times. <laughs> and we're in another crazy time. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> there's a lot to be proud of, too, right? There's a lot to be proud of. I think there's a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think it's a really exciting time, and it's an exciting time to be here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how does that align with when you are working with clients, right, that maybe to, to some extent that you're looking for those opportunities where the the passions that you have you know, in, in what you value align with those that you're writing for, that um, maybe it's even a home run where it's like killing two birds with one stone, right? You're able to touch on those things that you're passionate about while helping someone else uh, live out their, their passion as well. It's almost always a home run. Yeah. I, I want to work. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I want to work with those people that are are using their book to influence. I mean, some some people say, oh, "I don't I don't care what it says. I want to I want to have a book. I want to that it's like the new calling card." Yeah, no, it really is. It is the new calling card, but I'm not the writer who will just write a book for you so that you can be in the club. Right, right. I want the author it, club, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's really it. It's a it's a big ego thing now, right? It's a huge ego thing, yeah. and um, but. If you take the time to write a book that influences change um, or shares your perspective or shapes the world in a new way, it's this tremendous gift. And, yeah. and those are the people I want to work with. Um, you know, a lot of books that have had influence on me probably were not big commercial successes. Um, one was I had a knee injury in 2014. I ruptured my ACL. Mm-hmm. And the physicians and the assistant, the physician's assistant in the office said, you can live without an ACL, you know, because we were going down the surgery path. I'm like, what? So I started (laughs) researching it and I found a book written by a doctor and a physical therapist and they co-wrote it together. And now like I know everything about the health of a knee and like exercises and things you can do. And you know, you, you can avoid surgery, which is what I did. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people who take that path. So to me, that's exciting. I mean, that doctor could have wrote a book to say, you know, I'm a bright guy and here's my name. And um, you know, in being a peer with his doctors, but instead, you know, really offered some really valuable relation, uh, information and then yeah. partnered with a physical therapy therapist to get that dual perspective. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and look at that and had a, a huge impact on your life. Huge. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So what is kind of that process when you as, I mean, you're just talking about getting started a couple of years ago where, you know, it's a tough market, but yeah. what what has on one end been the thing that um, that you found success through in, in making that connection with people and, you know, them wanting to, to hire you as this ghost writer, but also, um, you know, the process by which you kind of go through that people who are thinking about it or would love to reach out, you know, what, what are those some of those things to think about to start um, heading towards writing a book? 
Well, I love that question again. And, and um, you know, I was jumping into something brand new. And when I jump into something brand new, I one of the things I do is I surround myself with people who have done it. So I reached out to a lot of writers and I joined the Association of Ghostwriters and um, I just kind of followed the most successful people and I learned from them and I took a lot of risk and I tried things and I um, just was very tenacious about sticking with it. And um, Good for you, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great approach. Yeah, and um, there is like a perception of, you know, writers that uh, – you know, or anybody working in the arts, they're not making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, again, only take advice from people who have done it. Don't surround yourself with those people. There <laughs> right. are people like that, but yeah. those people are not in my circle. Right, so right. I kind of go to the very successful people and um, people are willing to share. And I learned this when I started my first business in the year 2000. I approached business owners that I admired and I'd ask them for advice. And I called and I asked for a meeting and I had relationships with them already. And I said, well, I want to start this and I wanted to get some advice. And doing that, the barriers came down and people shared so much. It was really great. One woman was an executive. She was a vice president at a company I'd worked with. And because her frame was she needed this big legal infrastructure, mm -hmm. she spent like 20 grand mm -hmm. building a legal infrastructure. I did mine online. Mm -hmm. She told me it took her years to recover. But you <laughs> wow. come from that corporate mindset of right. you walk over to the legal, legal department, department <laughs> right. and then you get a team of five people. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was her frame that she needed that. But now she's got to pay for it. <laughs> she had to pay for it. And her business really suffered because she was, you know, trying to get out of that $20,000 debt. And that was just beautiful learning. And one of the companies that I had interviewed, the I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was asking me what I was going to do. And I said, oh, you know, I'm really good at sales and negotiation. And I'm, I'm and, he, and he hired me. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was a short term contract, but it was my first contract. And it, it built confidence and then it took me six months to get another one so oh, you really have yeah. to you have to stick with it yeah and, and then in that process like what is it that someone can expect or how at what point should they reach out you know is there a, a right time or is it hey just call and we'll, we'll have a conversation what does that look like for someone who's interested in writing their first book with you with me um the first step i think is to look at websites um mine and others and to also research the process and an Another um, great thing to do is to understand where your book is going to sit on a bookshelf. So that's really important. <laughs> it's really important. If somebody says my book is good for anyone, it's a it's a flag. You yeah. know, you're like, no. I mean, there's you have to be more specific about who you're trying to reach and what you're trying to say. Be intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Be intentional. Go to the library. I go to the library all the time. I live close to the Harold Washington Library. I'm there. I'm researching stuff. I'm looking. I'm looking for inspiration, bookstores. You can talk to librarians, read books, you know, kind of make a list of competitive titles you think are good. I think this is a great thing to do. If there's a narrative going on and you disagree with it, that's a great place to start. Oh, that's a, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because yeah. we need an alternative perspective. So what's yeah. your perspective? Yeah. I could probably find 25 books on the benefits of surgery, but I found one book that said, here are ways to maximize health in your knees and your joints. That's a great point. Great yeah. point. Yeah. 
So what's uh, what's on the horizon for 2023 and beyond? What can we support you in, expect, uh, you know, root for you? I'm, I'm glad you asked again. Um, I'm going to take the rest of the year off, you know, and just kind of mm-hmm. enjoy the holidays and reflect and connect with fram- friends and family. Um, I'm really excited about this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about connecting with people and giving them the opportunity to share their stories. Um, I'm excited I, for you for that. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait. I have, like I said, a big network. So yeah. I'm going to have to reach out to people and explain it to them because it's probably going to be out of a lot of people's boxes. Yeah. <laughs> No, right. I mean, it's all new, right? I mean, for all of us. It's very new. And especially post-pandemic, it just seemed like everyone really got into podcasts. But it's a great tool. And also, not only podcasts, I got into audiobooks. Yeah, no, same. Did you? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I I think I listened to audiobooks a lot more before anyway. But Mm. now since, especially in the pandemic, where it was like a a treat to go just like walk outside, the walking became synonymous for me with listening to um, audiobooks. Right. I prior to the pandemic, I read and I was on airplanes a lot. So I would do that. And I'd Mm -hmm. I'd have physical books in my hand. But I was able to work out while I listened to audiobooks. And now um, it's a different experience to listen to versus read it. Yep. So sometimes I do both. Yeah, like no, I'll, same. Do you? Oh, yeah. I think yeah, that's cause exciting. Because you retain it differently, right? Mm-hmm. Certain things that you retain mm-hmm. in a certain way, other times it's, you know, reinforced. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, like, the length of it, too, has a lot to do with it. That The longer the book, the more I think I need both. Yeah. And I think that's really exciting for authors, too, because you can reach people in more than one way. A hundred percent. So that's exciting. I also want to start, I want to look for some more real estate. I kind of am looking at the way the world is. (laughs) And I think that now we kind of have like this work home hybrid. So I would love to get something that maybe has um, some residents, but also maybe some space in the building for working. Yep, like co-working type. Co-working, small businesses, art gallery. I don't know, I'm kind of of dreaming about it. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, that's very, very exciting. Um, You know, and on that, I just want to thank you for for coming in again and excited for you to start hosting and yeah, just always just being a part of the community. Thank you. It's so great to be here.